good day. This is Rebel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. This segment of Rockin' Radio is sponsored by MyPodcastExpert.com, where they offer free teleclasses and paid webinars so you can learn how to do what I do for a minimal cost. Please check out MyPodcastExpert.com. Tell them you heard about them from Revel on Rockin' Radio. My guest today is herbalist, nutritional consultant, and author, Brigitte Mars. And Brigitte has been working with natural medicine for more than 30 years. She teaches herbal medicine through Esalon, the Boulder College of Massage Therapy, and Naropa Institute. She's the author of several books, including Rossum, Sex, Love, and Health, and Herbs for Healthy Skin and Nails. Welcome, Brigitte. Thank you so much, Revel. You're very welcome. Oh, before we get started, for timeline clarity, today is August 19th, 2008, so don't be confused by events mentioned on this program. Uh, Brigitte, the reason I contacted you is I saw you on a DVD called Raw for Life, and you were talking about foraging plants and eating wild plants, and that really fascinates me. How did you get started doing that? Well, I, you know, I, like many kids, I grew up, you know, curious about some of the plants that we would see in the neighborhood, and I would pick things, and my parents would say, throw that down, well, go wash your hands, don't put your hands in your mouth. There was a lot of fear about plants, and uh, in the early 70s, I found myself living uh, on a commune in the Ozarks in Missouri, and there, uh, the closest grocery store was uh, 60 miles away. And we didn't have a lot of money. And I got a Yule Gibbons book called Stalking the Wild Asparagus. And I just started exploring, like, wow, those are elderberries. We can eat those. Blackberries are delicious. And amaranth you can eat as a green. And so we had a community of about 20-some people. And uh, the, the challenge was let's find wild food. Let's be like the native peoples who had lived on this land because they certainly weren't always going to the store and i just found that there was such a treasure in the woods by the creeks and you know people say well what did you eat in the winter and um, we found that you could harvest watercress in the winter that that grew even more prolifically then and so basically um we just Whenever we were weeding the garden, we would collect the weeds and put them into the evening's dinner, whether it be a salad or a soup. And so I still think it's a really helpful thing to eat wild edible plants. And a disturbing statistic I heard is that the average American recognizes over a thousand logos and the products they're associated with. But when it comes to recognizing plants, they might recognize less than five in their area. And so my mission is to help people get connected to the plants again and see that everything is something. Well, I found that what you're saying is true. And the thing is, when they recognize those plants, especially if they're on their lawn, they pull them out and throw them away. Right, or worse, use herbicides, which eventually ends up in our, our water table. So... Um, for example, dandelion is probably one of those five plants that people recognize, as, as you said, mm-hmm, Neville. Yep. And they think, oh, got to get something, got to get rid of those. And, you know, there's a myth out there that dandelions kill the grass. Mm-hmm. And I want to set that straight. Dandelions do not kill the grass. Dandelions survive drought, poor soil conditions, and so forth. So the, if the grass dies and the dandelions survive, it's because they're hardier. And... 
if we want to be hardier, we would make use of some of these wild, hardy plants. And, uh, you know, another advantage is when we learn to eat some of the wild plants that might be in our yard or the fields nearby, as long as they haven't been sprayed, um, think how fresh they are. I made nettle juice for a group of uh, kids the other day for a little camp that came over to my house. And I said, you know, these nettles were growing five minutes ago. When you buy food at the grocery store, how long ago do you think it was growing? So if you want the most awesome super tonic foods, think about the freshness of things that was just growing. Let me ask you something. You were talking about dandelions. What part of a dandelion can actually be used? Can the flower be used? Well, the leaves are best eaten before the plant flowers. Mm -hmm. They tend to get more bitter after it flowers. The root can be eaten at any time. Um, A a dish I like to make with raw dandelion roots is I just dig up the roots. I have a little dandelion digger. I scrub them well. I slice them diagonally and add a little olive oil and namashoyu tamari and then put them in the dehydrator. Mm -hmm. Not to to get crispy, but just to kind of um, cook without heat, you know, or low heat Mm -hmm. under 110 degrees. Usually I have it at 100 degrees. So the root is actually a delicious vegetable. And then the flowers are edible. I tend to break them up, but they're really high in in an important eye nutrient called lutein. So, um, and then the sap of the dandelion you can put on a wart to make warts go away. So, you know, some parts are edible and some parts are medicinal, but really every part of the dandelion has served humanity. And, you know, if you don't want to eat dandelions, know that they do provide food for many of the creatures in our vicinity for bugs and um, animals, and they are not an enemy. As a matter of fact, they help to aerate the soil and make nutrients more available for other plants in your garden. Wow. Um, but, I mean, these are things I had no idea of, and that's why I really wanted to talk to you about this. Now, I grow zucchini, and my leaves are all white, and I've been told I should spray them with... Um, Various things, not not pesticides, but say, uh, would they tell me, oh, like soap in water. And then somebody else told me, no, you shouldn't do that because it not only kills the things that are causing the fungus that's growing on the leaves, but it also kills all the beneficial um, uh, insects. Well, I've seen that powdery blush on zucchini, and I don't really know what that is, but I know that I still get great zucchini and yellow squash, and I haven't really worried about it. But I do know that when I uh, lived um, in the wilderness that we did um, sometimes make a spray out of either garlic, onions, and cayenne pepper. Um, But, you know, we really didn't need it that much. I think that you have to expect that in nature um, some things are going to succumb to, you know, being eaten by insects or animals, and, mm-hmm. you know, not everything makes it, and that's just the, the way of the world. But as long as you're still getting your fruits, because technically zucchini is a fruit because the seeds are it's inside, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it might not be a problem. But I... I personally haven't found the, the zucchini to be a problem because I had some huge zucchini, and, and people who told me that belonged to this gardening club, and I said, well... Um, my zucchini looks fine, tastes fine, so I don't see the problem. I've never done anything about it. I've just said, oh, that's curious. And some, some gardeners might know what, what that is. But um, 
as long as your zucchinis are producing fruit, I don't think you need to worry about no, it. No, I, th- I think they're beautiful. I think the leaves are huge and they're beautiful. I, I just thought they were supposed to do that. <laughs> and somebody said, no, that's a fungus from uh, being wet or something. And I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> I think it is from too much watering. I've heard that. Oh, that doesn't happen here. Uh-huh. <laughs> so let, let's talk a bit about, um, now you say you're out there and you were just exploring wild plants. Is there a way somebody can go out in their yard, or not in their yard, but even, well, in their yard or in the um, hills and mountains, and, and how would they know a poisonous plant from a non-poisonous? Well, I think that you need to have some really good books or go on an herb walk with a professional herbalist, someone who's really, you know, scholarly in your neighborhood. And, you know, for me, um, I learned a lot from the hillbillies that lived in the Ozarks. I would, you know, ask them, please teach me. Wherever I was, I lived in the Virgin Islands, I would ask the people that lived in the rainforest, please teach me, you know, I'll sweep your floor, I'll bring you uh, coconuts, uh, you know, whatever, because I just really want to learn. But there's many good books out, and wherever I go, I tend to look for um, a book on the plants of that area. And, of course, some are edible, some are medicinal, some make soap, some make rope, so it's not that they all serve one purpose. Um, And before you... You, of course, you want to be absolutely sure that you're collecting the right plant. And it takes practice. You know, maybe this year you learn, you know, three or five new plants that you can eat in your area. And next year you, le- you learn a few more. So it's not like you have to master the subject. And, you know, plants are very uh, transitory. You know, what a plant looks like in the spring uh, might surprise you with what it looks like in the summer and in the fall. So it really is helpful to learn to recognize the plants and know them well and know them through all their different seasons. Our great information. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Revel. We're back with Rockin' Radio. In case you haven't heard, of course, the second edition of my book, Smoothies and Smoothies for Life, based on the raw food lifestyle, is now out as a beautiful soft cover with four color photos and as an ebook. I've added more recipes and two new sections, one about health properties of the ingredients in the book and 138 common health conditions and potential natural relief using the recipes in the book. I guarantee a container of smoothies every day will change your life. Now, check out my Sizzling Summer Special where you can purchase a soft cover copy of Smoothies and Smoothies for Life. I can't remember the name of my book. Uh, Together with Mike Anderson's 100-Minute Eating DVD for just $19.95. To do this, go to my website, revelations.com, and go shopping. This special does end on August 31st, 2008. Remember, always surrender to the blender for optimal health. Uh, Please take the time to check out my websites, revelations.com, where you can sign up for my weekly revelations. When you do, you'll receive my latest ebook, 10 Most Asked Questions About Raw Foods. Find out about my teleclasses or my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and Smoothies and Smoothies for Life. And also books I recommend from Amazon.com and more. And uh, Brigitte Mars has a bunch of books, including Rawsome, which I've got a copy of here, Sex, Love, and Health, and Herbs for Healthy Skin and Nails. And that's not all. And you can come to rockinradio.com to purchase any of her books any and all of her books. So we're talking about 
wild and edible plants. This is a fascinating subject for me, especially with the way things are right now. There's people in various locations who claim they have a hard time being able to purchase raw food. So I think this is very, very valuable information for them. Well, just go to the produce aisle, and there's plenty of food there that's raw. We just need to learn how to prepare it. So, And I really encourage people, wherever you are, it can be really difficult if you're the only raw foodist in your area. And I am big on you know, creating community. And when I decided that I was going to be a raw foodist eight years ago, I came back to Boulder, Colorado, where I live, and I... Um, you know, I, I just put up a sign in the natural food store, are there any raw foodists out there? And found out that, you know, there were four people that met in the park every couple weeks. And, um, you know, the group grew. And I went to a potluck Saturday night, and there were probably 75 people there. Wow. So the group has grown, and, um, you know, people bring friends. And it's very welcoming to everybody. I, people feel like, oh, I'm not 100% raw. As long as you're just interested, you know, Find a raw potluck in your area or try um, to or start one. And if you're a little uh, nervous about inviting strangers to your house, this time of the year, you know, just have people meet in a park or a library lawn or something. And what a great thing to create community. And, um, and I think some raw foodists feel like a little deprived that there's not that many restaurants to go to unless you live in one of the areas that's blessed with a multitude of them. But, uh, you know, when you go to a potluck, all you have to do is make one thing and you still get to have a feast. Yeah. And also um, what you were talking about is finding somebody local who does a wild food walk so you can learn that. And wouldn't that be something great to bring to a potluck? Um, absolutely. I um, made purslane soup the other day, a purslane gazpacho, and people work and work really hard in their garden to weed out purslane, <laughs> and I want people to know that purslane, portulaca oleacera, was one of Mahatma Gandhi's favorite foods, um, that purslane is really high in omega-3 fatty acids, so for those uh, vegans out there who are saying, oh, I don't really want to do fish oils, but I've heard they're so good for you, we'll know that purslane also contains omega-3 fatty acids, so they're heart-healthy, and they have a nice sour flavor. And when I just make gazpacho with tomatoes, cucumbers, maybe a little salt, an avocado, I throw in purslane, and these foods really brighten your day. They make you feel wonderful. Okay, you make me want to go out into the mountains or actually out in my garden and see what's growing out there. Well, I do have um, several YouTubes out there, so I'm just going to tell listeners, if you go to YouTube, um, which is a new, the, the new thing out there, Absolutely. Um, I have several YouTubes where I'm showing people wild edible plants. So okay. I have one for yellow dock and alfalfa and I forget what the other one is, and there's more YouTubes coming. I also have a YouTube out called Seven Minutes to Raw. Oh. where I show people how to make seven raw dishes in under nine minutes. So for all the people who think they don't have time to go raw, I really think that this takes less time. Yeah, time and money. I mean, go, go out in your yard and pick the, pick the weeds. <laughs> and, you know, what? It, the whole idea of having manicured lawns was something started by the British aristocracy in the late 1800s. You know, they wanted to create a social statement about how affluent they were 
So by having a lawn that was suitable for nothing more than uh, badminton or um, croquet, it was a way of, like, showing off. Um, Because if you had a lot of plants in your yard that were edible, it kind of showed people, like, oh, they must have to use malva for salad or <laughs> or lamb's quarter. Oh, how how peasant! So, um, so we, but we really just need to change that because we're using a third of our nation's water supply to water lawns. And um, my book Rossum has a whole chapter on not only wild edible plants that you're going to find everywhere in North America, but also a whole list of edible flowers. And I love, you know, edible flowers. This week we've been eating um, hibiscus, or what we have here is Rose of Sharon, which is a a type of hibiscus. Mm. They're they're just beautiful. And, you know, guacamole stuffed nasturtiums. Wow. Not all flowers are edible. There's, There's some plants that are poisonous. And I think it's really, you know, you, you do need to learn what you eat, but there's far more edible plants than there are poisonous plants. This this is just, this is a fascinating conversation to me. Uh, you mentioned your book, Rossum. I did a quite thorough uh, review of this book as soon as I received it. I haven't made any of the um, recipes yet, but there is so much in this book that explains so many questions that, that raw foodists ask. That go go and look at my uh, a review. It's um, revelations dot com two v's two l slash uh, weekly w e e k l y. Uh, this book is amazing. She's got over two hundred recipes, but that's not what fascinated me. It was like all this other stuff that you put in here. Well, there's all these questions that people have, like, won't I be cold in the winter? How do I get started? I, I um, got to tell you, I got to tell you, I started laughing when I saw your answer to that. Okay. Aren't you hot eating cooked food in the summer? <laughs> I think I heard that from someone else. But, <laughs> it was like, and, duh. <laughs> and, you know, I, I kind of dabbled with raw foods in the 70s when I read Survival in the 21st Century, and I lived in Miami. And then when I moved to Colorado... Everybody said, you know, I was going to massage school at the time, and everyone said, oh, you don't eat cooked food in Colorado. You have to eat, I mean, you don't eat raw food in Colorado. It's cold here. You have to eat cooked food, especially in the winter. And, um, you know, macrobiotics is the thing to study. So I started studying. I took classes with Aveline Cushy and Michelle Cushy and... um, you know, and that was great because macrobiotics get people off of a lot of the refined grains and um, meat products, and they do eat a lot of unusual vegetables, seaweeds. And so it was good to learn about all that. But, boy, talk about time-consuming. And, you know, I, I notice that um, we have a lot of wild animals in Colorado, elk and deer, and they don't cook their food, and they don't even have coats or thermostats. So I'm just not buying that you have to cook your food. I actually think that that whole repetition of you have to cook your food, um, you know, if you to make it more digestible, I think a lot of that tradition of cooking everything comes from the fact that many parts of the world where there's not good hygiene, where there's not running water, where there's not refrigeration, they cook everything out of fear of parasites. And I'm not saying that parasites aren't a reality, but I think that we have so many ways of being hygienic, and I think that you know parasites are part of the environment, and I think that there's herbs that are anti-parasitic, like garlic and cloves and... Um, 
you know, many, many, many Artemisia time and so forth. So rather than being absolutely phobic, like we have to kill everything, I feel like when we embrace the live food diets, we say yes to life. Yeah, and actually we talk about killing our food. We're also killing ourselves. We can tell by the... uh the quote-unquote health system that's uh, that's uh, available to us. We'll be back in a moment with uh, Brigitte Mars, and her website is Brigitte, B-R-I-G-I-T-T-E-M-A-R-S, all one word, BrigitteMars.com. We'll be back in a moment. This is Revel. We're back with Rockin' Radio. This segment is brought to you by Raw Spirit Festival. Come discover ancient wisdom and the latest findings from the greatest minds in healthy eco-living. Benefits include, or benefits include, yes, in continuous seminars, educational vendor booths, children's programs, raw restaurant booths, outdoor and indoor stages, ongoing workshops, sacred exercises, air exercise areas, including yoga, organic food, Raw food demos, inspiring music, dancing, leadership sharing circle, nature trails, fantastic foods, and fabulous friends. I will be there with Rock and Radio. Just look for the T-shirt. The segment of Rock and Radio is also brought to you by RV Robinson. Speak your way to wealth. I will be presenting there as well. So find the links on Rock and Radio. Come join us. Also check me out on Twitter slash Rock and Radio. I just signed up and uh, come and be my friend. We're speaking today with Brigitte Mars, her website, Brigitte, B-R-I-G-I-T-T-E, Mars, M-A-R-S, BrigitteMars.com. And we just left off about talking about how cooking leads to, uh, that cooking kills your food. And I said it also kills us because, I mean, look at all the people who have health issues. But, you know, when I talk to people who have been eating sad, they tell me they can't eat raw. So... My estimation, cooking also messes up the digestive system because it, it, it just kills your enzymes. It kills everything that's needed to create life. What do you feel? How do you feel about that, Brigitte? Well, I've, of, I've often had um, clients tell me, like, well, I can't eat cooked food because um, it's too hard for me to digest. Yes. And so what I tell people is that, well, and, and then they'll throw out this saying that you hear in a nutrition class every once in a while, that you get more beta carotene from a cooked carrot than a raw carrot. Uh, maybe you've heard that. Yes. But So I say, well, I can totally relate to that, because when people eat a carrot, you know, <laughs> and, and then the carrot passes through them, maybe they didn't chew it that well, but if you cook that carrot, maybe you get more beta carotene. But in the raw food world, what if we uh, finally grated that carrot and put some lemon juice on it and a little um, Celtic salt and a little olive oil or something, that's going to cook it. What if we puree that carrot in the blender or the food processor with some ginger and um, some water and maybe a couple cloves of garlic and we make a carrot ginger soup? Mm -hmm. Can you see that now the beta carotene is more bioavailable because you have cooked without heat? So in the raw food world, there's many methods of cooking that we do. They're just not using heat. So we do make the food more digestible by fermenting, soaking, sprouting, dehydrating, juicing, pureeing, finely grating, marinating. So it's quite a long list. And so, you know, I actually made some flax crackers 
and uh, there was a cracker left on someone's plate that had gotten a little soggy, and I tend to just throw things out in the yard to always be giving things back to the earth. And a couple weeks later, I came back and I said, wow, those are, the flax crackers sprouted. You try doing that with a loaf of bread or a slice of bread, planting it, nothing is going to happen. But when you keep your flax seeds whole, what we are not, what we are preserving even though we are making the food more digestible, are the enzymes. And we're finding out that enzymes are so important. Right now in medicine, the big hubbub is that almost all diseases are inflammatory in nature. And what reduces inflammation? Enzymes. And enzymes are in our raw food, and when we heat food over 114 degrees, they're not there anymore. And, you know, probably the best illustration of this is if you plant a raw sunflower seed, it has the life force potential to grow into an 8-foot-tall plant. If you plant a roasted, uh, salted sunflower seed, it rots in the ground, and it doesn't matter if you pray over it and put crystals and play sitar music, nothing is going to happen. So it's it's so simple, and yet, you know, it's what all the animals know except for our pets, which eat cooked food, and we have to build hospitals and, um, you know, have doctors for them, too. Now, Brigitte, you're a mother. Yes, I am. And uh, a grandmother. And a grandmother. One of my one of my granddaughter my granddaughter my third child grandchild was born at home last week without even a midwife because the my, because the baby came so fast. <laughs> wow! How, so how long was the labor? Um, about three and a half hours. And your daughter is raw. Um, well, I have two daughters. Rainbow is raw, and I have a daughter here named Sunflower, so I have Rainbow and Sunflower. And Sunflower's, no, I don't want to say she's raw. She's a, a natural foods consumer, and she's an herbalist, but I, I, you know, maybe she'll get raw eventually, but... Was she the one who just had the child, or was it Rainbow? Uh, no, it was Sunflower. Oh, sunflower. Ra- Rainbow is a big modeling contract right now with Adidas, so she uh, can't, she's not, not going to put on any weight for a while. <laughs> wow. A modeling contract with Adidas, huh? Yes, um, for yoga wear. Wow, that's exciting. And yes. I'm saying wow a lot because I keep, you know, this is just, it's amazing. Yeah, good. Well, and, you know, Rainbow um, is who turned me on to raw food. So Rainbow has a five-year-old daughter, but uh, Rainbow went to L.A. to make movies. Her first movie was The People versus Larry Flint with Woody Harrelson. And, of course, Woody Harrelson's a big supporter of raw foods. And... Uh, a few weeks after living in Hollywood, Rainbow called up and said, Mom, I've gone raw. I have a new roommate. His name is Giuliano, and he knows all about it. And uh, my first reaction was, oh, no, she's anorexic. She's going to die. And <laughs> my husband and I went to save her, and we saw her, that, like, her skin looked beautiful, and, she, you know, she just glowed. And um, she's really been experiencing the best health ever since, uh, you know, bless his heart, Giuliano fed her for a year and she said, Rainbow, just eat this way and your career will flourish. And it really did. Isn't that incredible? I'm so grateful. Thank you, Giuliano. <laughs> and you've got a new grandbaby. Yes. What does Sunflower do? Um, she is a preschool teacher. And she's not big on raw, but she's, she's a um, she's plant-based? Yeah, she eats, she eats a lot of raw food, but she, you know, she says, Mom... You know, she grew up, she said, Mom, <laughs> Mom. We, I did the macrobiotic thing, and oh, so she, I'm just, you know, I'm just 
uh, hopeful. I, I'll get her a dehydrator when she's ready. <laughs> okay. So your book, Rossum, how's that doing? It's in its 10th printing. It's doing really well. It's the most successful of all the books I've written. It is my favorite. It's, it's an amazing book. Amazing book. I want to just. I, I want to. I want to make sure people know about this book because I've been touting one book that um, has so much information in it, as far as uh, um, testimonials and a lot of really good information. And then I got this book, and the, the, there is so much, so much stuff. Tips for troubled sprouts when if you're sprouting. Uh, jar sprouting, t- uh, paper towel sprouting. I know on rawfoodtalk.com there's so many questions about sprouting, tray sprouting for grains and grasses. So you've got tray sprouting, you've got paper towel sprouting, you've got jar sprouting. You've got choices here on sprouting. You've- well, I, I'm a nutritionalist and an herbalist. So, I, you know, I, I had questions myself. And when I you know, decided I was going to go raw. I needed answers to those questions. So another part I love in the book is you can look up in the back, like, well, what foods are high in uh, vitamin B6 or lithium or uh, lysine, for example? So I have a list of all of those foods in the back, and I have a list of raw restaurants in the back, which gets updated every couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a fast one, up and, up and down. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a, a whole section. Uh, she's got little separate sections where the raw facts. I'm reading hot peppers are greatly in their, um, very greatly in their amount of heat. Use them judiciously when preparing a recipe and taste test as you go so you don't end up creating something inedibly hot. Yeah, and also don't put your fingers in your eyes. Good one. <laughs> I've experienced that. And you've got a great session, a section on seasonings and oils. And flower sun teas. I mean, this is so complete in a different way than any of the books I have. And I've got over 50 raw food books. Well, I'm very grateful. And it's my pleasure and honor to be able to make a contribution to the raw world and to answer questions. So for, you know, people who really, you know, they, they want more than recipes. They want answers like, you know, how do I travel when I'm raw? And what about... Raw kids, what about going to the holidays? What about being invited to parties? So those are all real-life questions that we all have. And um, I learned from my teachers, and I'm still learning. And I uh, I was really only going to do the raw food diet for a year when Rainbow announced that she was going to do it. Mm-hmm. And after about a month, you know, I got it. I said, oh, my God. I really could relate to I really felt like I did as a teenager, and uh, all my little minor health issues got better. And so it's been eight years, and I have no intention of uh, stopping. And I really feel that, you know, my mission is to turn people onto this. I, I even look at the way that I work with herbal medicine differently because a lot of people are looking for, oh, what herb can I take for my migraines? What herb can I take for my eczema? And, you know, if people would just turn on to raw foods, they would find that, yes, herbs are wonderful, they can be a great adjunct, but we need to get to the cause of our health issues, and very often it's the fuel that we're putting in our bodies. I think many people have 
not only physical symptoms but emotional and mental symptoms based on eating things that they're allergic to that are causing inflammation in their body. And uh, it's it's really just so simple. And, you know, for people who are new to this and think, oh, raw foods, it's just a lot of salad. Yes, salads are great. I have them every day. But we also can eat things like pad thai and tostadas and lasagna and spaghetti and burritos. I'm teaching a raw Mexican food class um, soon. And so there's all kinds of themed dinners that can be done. Oh, yeah, and desserts. Oh, my God, desserts. <laughs> That's why I go to raw restaurants for dessert. Yeah. Give me dessert. Yeah, because you don't want, you might not want to make a whole raw key lime pie, but a slice. Okay, I'll pay seven dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, key lime pie, I can make that in a flash, like in ten minutes. It's, it's real quick and real easy and real healthy. You can eat that stuff breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Anyway, thank you, Brigitte. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. It is my pleasure and honor, Revel, and hopefully I will see you at some raw festival in the future and we'll get to uh, give each other a hug will you be at raw spirit i will be there i'll be teaching at raw spirit and uh, so will rainbow and i'll be uh, doing a class on overcoming addictions and uh, color therapy well if you know if i don't recognize you just look for my t-shirt i'll be wearing a uh, rock and radio on the back of my t-shirt and we'll be walking around with microphones and stuff absolutely and i have a booth too so oh yay uh, Hey, rock on. Yeah, don't go away. Uh, Brigitte Mars, B-R-I-G-I-T-T-E, Mars.com. Brigitte Mars.com. Check out her website. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Rockin' Radio. Please feel free to go to rockinradio.com to purchase any of Brigitte's books. Visit our links to support this program. If you would like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at spillyourbeans at rockinradio.com. My engineer is... Isbo Astrup, I'm Revel Revity saying, remember to revel up in life and always play with your food and eat your lawn. Bye for now. Bye.